This week, a board game offends an entire generation, and a vacuum pack of stakes offends an entire country. You're listening to the Fake Outrage Report. Welcome to the Fake Outrage Report. My name is Sandeep Sen. With me, as always, is the awkward Phil Causey. Yeah, no. Awkwardly situated. Yeah, no, this is awkward. Uh, uh, we're also the least important debate show on the internet. I yes, we are. Sure we- uh, in case I sound awkward, it's because I'm using a crowd mic right now. So this is what happened today. We we had a guest booked for the show, who you're going to meet in just a second. And then we weren't sure if he was going to show up. So I, I called one of my buddies, good friend of mine who's been on the show before, Brian Rabideau. And they both showed up. And we don't have a fourth, you know, we do have a fourth mic, but uh, my co-host Sandeep Sen does not know where the uh, microphone cable is. So I am currently sitting here holding the recorder using a, uh, like a directional crowd mic to talk into, and then they're using the three guys who are here using the regular uh, mic. So if I sound weird or echoey this week, that's why. It's because Sandeep Sen does not know where he stores things. Okay. This uh, this has started off incredibly tantalizing for the audience. I, I can hear everyone tuning in. Hey, Brenda, turn on the get get over here. There's some uh, there's a mic cord missing. We gotta we gotta listen to this podcast. It's gonna be podcast good. going on. This yeah. is an episode where Phil records on some sort of fucking box. Um yeah. Yeah, so we have now two guests. We have Rob Ryan. Hi guys, how are you guest? tonight? Yes. Uh, and Rob, uh, first, I just wanted uh, Rob has many credits, and Rob is an incredible stand up comedian. Oh, thank you. But he made this video called Newark State of Mind that's a parody of the Jay Z song New York State of Mind. And I, I knew I knew about this video that was sent to me by a non comedian before I ever met Rob. I knew that he was in the scene. And it was in a, the most amazing like spoof. It was It's hilarious. It's so well done. The, the lyrics are amazing, and then the way he this the way he made the video, the cinematography is. Matches Thank you, the- Sandy. It was at a time. This was like now going on like nine or ten years ago. Yeah. Uh. So you know, I was like just putting up videos on YouTube, and I was thinking, oh, this is a good idea. And then as it was like finishing up the editing process, let a couple of weeks left. You know, I was going on YouTube, and then just it. Everybody had obviously a very similar idea. Yeah. <laughs> so then all these videos, and I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I, I want, I need to get this out fast. Like everybody's parodying this stupid song. Yeah. Um, and yet, despite all that, I was still able to like, you know, have the 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 sort of like high end version of these parodies. In fact, MTV.com did a write up, and and the write up included like everybody's doing a parody of this song, but there are some standouts, and I was one of those that was mentioned. Well, uh, this on is that, your song. Is Oh, is the yeah. top uh, in any YouTube? It's how many views does it have now? Uh, well, you know what? I actually had issues because at the time I wasn't thinking, and I used a karaoke track uh, that I got from online. So then they like pulled it for review. So the original uh, kind of got fucked up with the views and stuff. But I wasn't really paying attention. But it was it was you know in the millions at that point or something like that. So it was good. Yeah, it's it's no nice. joke. And Rob also won won the Boston Comedy Festival. You're also touring. You're about to go to uh, Pakistan. Yeah, yeah. You, you just got back from touring too. I just got back from Southeast Asia. It was mostly just like a trip that I turned into like a comedy tour, uh, just booking random stuff. I was performing in Thailand and in Malaysia and in what was the third one? Uh, China, country, North Singapore. Korea, there North we go. Korea? No? And then okay. I went to Cambodia just for fun. And that was a great trip. And then from that, I, uh, I got a book to week in Pakistan. So I'm going to be going the week after Thanksgiving, which I'm really looking forward to. Because if there's one place you want to go and do your jokes at, it's Pakistan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the other uh, fourth voice you're going to hear here today is a good friend of mine and somebody who, if you are a longtime listener, you have heard before on the show here. 
uh, somebody who's previously guest hosted. You can see him um, getting uh, too drunk at most bars in the East Village. Good friend of mine, Brian Rabideau. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you, thank you. My credits include fake outrage report. <laughs> yes, well, you all you do a really good weekly, sh- um, weekly monthly show right now called uh, Coffee is for Closers. Is that right? <laughs> yes, yes, I nice. do. I <laughs> do. <laughs> Sandeep was like, "Good show." <laughs> Bullshit. No, I'm. Uh, no, it is good. It's a good show. It's monthly uh, at West Side Comedy Club, Upper West Side, two hundred one West Seventy Fifth Street, between uh, Broadway and Amsterdam. Uh, and the reason why we call it Coffee's for Closers is it's based off of that Glenn Gary Glenn Ross quote where they were like, Coffee's for Closers only, where Alec Baldwin is uh, making fun of all these like uh, failure, loser salesmen. Yes, iconic um, scene. Yeah, iconic, iconic scene, scene mm-hmm. iconic scene. And closers for uh, stand-up comedians, when someone is a closer, that's like a huge compliment for someone. That's basically someone that's so good that no one can follow them that they close out the show i mean someone that usually comes to mind is like aaron berg uh he's done the show a few times before and he's also at west side comedy club all the time and he always closes out the show no one ever wants to follow him uh i followed him once and uh, it did not go well <laughs> I ate my balls as they say um but <laughs> as they say so but, that's the uh first sunday of each month yeah so, west side comedy club. Yeah. so the next one coming up is going to be on December 2nd. So it's going to be at 8 o'clock, too, as well. You can get tickets uh, at the website, too. And, yeah, it's going to be two weeks after Thanksgiving, so after you're arguing with your family about politics. So this should be out at least three or four days before that, I think, because I don't know when this episode actually comes out. Uh, Oh, you know what? This might be out... On December 2nd. (laughs) It might be out on December 2nd. Come out tonight, Okay, so, yeah, if you're listening, come out tonight. Come out tonight. Um, it's happening after, now. After we <laughs> stop <laughs> missing it, turn the it's podcast off. Now. Just turn off this <laughs> we'll podcast see. right no, now. Keep the pod, but just put turn, in your headphones. Put it, put it in your headphones. Yeah, yeah, put it on Patron yeah. or um, yeah. Download it. Take Call a break the from listening. App and take get a break from listening to Rogan or Mark yeah, so Marin and listen to Sandeep and Phil so argue. We'll figure it out. Um, so, Sandeep, yeah. how was your week? My week was fine. What I, what, what, what. I always ask you how your week is. The podcast, Sandy. I always ask you how, how, how you're doing, and you're fine. usually you have a much better answer than that. Uh, usually, you say some type of very white hobby you were doing, such as oh, I, I, I did get a juicer uh, from Amazon. So oh, I, this is uh, in my quest to become the whitest person. Phil knows. Uh, I always try to do stuff, and this week I got a yeah, juicer. Getting from a juicer is up there. That that's that. I think that might actually beat hang gliding because I knew you went hang, you went hang gliding last month. He goes skiing and shit too. Yeah, I go skiing. You were the um, whitest person. I'd I signed know. up to go hang gliding, but it got canceled because of the wind. Mm. Uh, that was two weeks ago. But otherwise, I would have had that under my belt. But now I do have the juicer. Where were you going to go hang gliding? Uh, upstate New York. They like do these trips from. That's you so leave cool. from Paragon. I want to go. How much does that? How much does that run you? I think it was two hundred and fifty bucks. That's cool. I we got refunded, that. but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's the cost. I'll tell you the next time. Please, yeah, next time I'd, I'd come along. That's a bucket list thing of mine. Uh yeah, bucket listing of mine too. And if you're if if it doesn't go well, at least you're embraced in the arms of another man <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you're falling, plummeting to your death. As you're plummeting to your death. I love how you kept saying that you got the juicer from Amazon too. Yes, <laughs> you're like I got looking at Phil. I got the juicer from Amazon. Yes, Remember from Amazon. Uh, Phil so, not happy about Amazon moving no. to uh, Long Island City. Phil's near there, and so his rent's likely going to go up. Oh, yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm going to have to fucking leave New York City now. We're probably so all going to work for Jeff Bezos, though, don't you think? We're just, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting a job over at Amazon. We're, New York's just going to be one giant Alexa, probably. It's going to be, yeah. It's <laughs> the Empire State <laughs> Building will be Alexa. Yeah, you the just Empire. Yell at it. <laughs> 
<laughs> he does like he does look like I, he looks like Lex Luthor a little bit, but like Lex Luthor's like pussy ass little, little brother that is yeah. like, hey, can I play too? Can He's I play a world real life comic too? book villain? That that is who <laughs> fucking Jeff Bezos is. And fuck Amazon. Anyway, let's get speaking some, of uh, monopolies. Yeah. Yes. Hey, there we uh, go. Uh, uh, did we that well or what? There we go. So I think we're gonna I guess start with your story then. This we week, are Sunday. okay. Uh, Hasbro, the company that makes the game Monopoly, has caused outrage after coming out with the Monopoly game that's supposed to target millennials, but just makes fun of them. Uh, so the tagline of the game is, forget real estate, you can't afford it anyway. <laughs> On the box, Monopoly's mascot, Rich Uncle Pennybags, has earbuds and sunglasses, holds a coffee cup, and wears a gold participation medal while taking a selfie on a smartphone. Wait, this is a real thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. The game pieces are swapped out instead for crying emojis and hashtags. <laughs> this actually sounds kind of awesome. I'm not going to lie to you. It does. It's pretty hilarious. In the game, instead of investing in real estate, uh, players rack up experiences such as travel, meals at vegan restaurants, music festivals, <laughs> and crashing on their friends' couch. Molly? Is there Molly for the music festivals? That's probably that in the community chest. Like, <laughs> okay. you've gotten Molly, $20. <laughs> Yeah. Instead um, of going to jail, you go directly to your safe space. <laughs> <laughs> so who's uh, outraged? Do not pass go. Do not collect your glow sticks. <laughs> who's upset about this, Sandeep? Millennials. Really? Uh, yeah. Are they is actually there... upset about this? Yeah, that's the big question. I mean, is it, uh, uh, as as the podcast suggests, is it a fake outrage? Did we do any research into that? Was it, was it like five or six people tweeting and and then someone wrote an article <laughs> that about is typically it. Typically, yeah, that's usually how yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, you know what? I read the article, and one of the people who was tweeting and upset about it misspelled uh, a constellation prize. She wrote const- constellation <laughs> prize. That's in that article. And so you want a star? So so, so they, exactly. It's like and as a constellation prize, all she was all like pissed. But I I figured that we might be dealing with a fake outrage situation because of that. The fact that an article used such a dumb misspelled tweet, they probably only had like six or seven to pull from, and so they decided <laughs> to pull one of these, which was just stupid and misspelled. Anyway. I tweet, thought spelling yeah. isn't yeah. important for millennials. I just thought it was just like no, now true. it doesn't disqualify you. It just it just it, makes it authentic. Is it, no, it do, it is important, but we're just so used to autocorrect that like we don't like we believe that the computer's just going to handle it for us, and then we send it out. And then so, we don't look. I want to point out that, and that's and that's uh, the stupidest thing. I that's the most embarrassing thing about like people millennials being outraged on the internet is that they'll just tweet something out and they won't think about something <laughs> when they do it. Okay, I, you guys are all three millennials. I'm not a millennial. Yeah, but uh, so this is, I guess uh, the president does the same thing. He's not a millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> I don't think anyone's actually that upset about this. Uh, I think this this actually is one of those things where somebody who's not a millennial wrote it and made it, and they're like, "Huh, aren't you mad now, millennials? We got you, zing!" Mm-hmm. But like, nobody cares. That's what even, it feels like to yeah, me. I didn't even know it was. I didn't even know it was a thing. I do hope, like, as a part of like, if it's a millennial version of Monopoly, like, instead of like collecting property, you just move into poorer people's property <laughs> <laughs> and just make a yoga studio and then kick out a poor family. That's <laughs> then I'd be like, okay, this sounds like the perfect game. This sounds like the this sounds like the most authentic millennial game there is. Uh, Vivian Stamatopoulos writes, glaringly reflective of an era of where many youth can't afford housing and have no recourse but to accept short-term unstable quote experiences as a constellation prize. <laughs> you're really upset about this constellation thing, Well, I'm not upset about it, but I, I do like to, to... That's my point, is that I think it's evidence to the fact that this might not be a real 
you know, big outrage thing. I don't think a lot of people are tweeting. Otherwise, I think they would have picked better uh, examples of people's tweets and why they were so upset about it. I don't know if that's what this podcast does, but I wanted to get, you know, get to the underpinning of, you know, I think is you're this, right. it was in People Magazine, you know, does, Monop- does Hasbro care at the end of the day? You know, are they like, this is great. This, you know, this is all we, everything we expected. We wanted to, you know, <laughs> yeah, take exactly. a swing at millennials. Then we were hoping that they'd write a couple of, you know, shitty articles about it. And, you know, that was part of the market. My plan. question is, who's buying this? Is this like a thing that like right, the boomers right. are buying for each other? Like, it's like a gag gift? Right. It says in the article that it was intended for millennials, but I it, that's a that's a big oversight. And this was going to be one of the millennials main things. Don't fucking play board games. Is there <laughs> right, an app? Right. Is this all played on an app? Because if it's not, then fuck you. That's I'm a good not playing too. It. Yeah, do millennials like socialize with each other, like no, looking them in no. the eyes and well, playing board games like that? Or well, I mean, I still get drunk and play Risk with my friends. Okay, sometimes. there you go. Uh, and you're a millennial. Like, yeah, yeah, but I feel like the younger online Risk really? or regular yeah. Risk. <laughs> you it play intense. Risk. It gets intense. Oh, it's a great though. game. Yeah, yes. it, it does. Mm. It gets intense. I mean, usually because we're drinking, we like give up halfway through. You know, it's mm. just like okay, you took. China this is shocking to me because I know Brian pretty well, and of all the board games, I would imagine you guys would play like Guess Who or. <laughs> That was trap. You don't think I'm intelligent enough for Risk? Uh, I think you're too much of a dirtbag to play Risk, yes. You're like, no, you grew up with a sorry type of family, okay? Yeah, I could see you, yeah, playing Trouble or Sorry yeah. or fucking... Trouble uh, is great, though. <laughs> and Sorry. Sorry Wait. is also very um, uh, cutthroat. Um, yeah, the, the article had suggested that that it was intended for millennials. But when I started to think deeper about this, and I told Sandy this earlier uh, before we started recording, that I tried to pick up a copy of yes. actually, I wanted to pick up the actual game as a gift to the podcast and we could break it out and we could actually look it through but uh, I went to four different places here in New York and didn't find a single maybe it was sold out because it's such a hot item I was thinking could about be. that <laughs> uh, I even asked but people the two people said that they didn't even, they didn't have it they didn't carry it so uh, it wasn't in fact that they got sold out but it speaks to because I I actually really I like this because I was thinking deeply about it <laughs> it speaks to the fact that I don't once I saw the the section where all the board games were, and there was like Sari, and there was Yahtzee, and there was Jenga, and all like the classic traditional stuff, and Monopoly, it really did seem like a, like a cognitive dissonance thing for me to imagine then a joke Monopoly right next to it that makes fun of millennials because I was like well this whole section is just games and it's just very straightforward yeah. what the game like, Simon was there it wasn't like Simon you're you're a dickhead it's like there wasn't this some weird version of it and this is just a joke it's just ironic it's just weird so I thought my, my biggest issue if we're gonna you know say is this you know should we be mad about this or not I was thinking the the big swing and the miss, um, and we'll find out. You know, I don't know if we're ever going to know the numbers, but I think the big swing and miss one on Hasbro's part was to think this will be funny, this will be ironic, and you can't tell millennials what is and is not ironic. Do you know what I mean? I think millennials would be much more likely to purchase just a regular Monopoly game and be like, "Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that stupid? We got Monopoly." <laughs> As opposed to, it, it reminds me of uh, like a politician trying to put a meme out and being like, oh, let's make this go viral. And the internet responds resoundingly like, you don't tell us what goes viral. You don't tell us what's fun and interesting. And similarly, it's like, you don't tell millennials what to buy by just slapping that word on there. 
we're not interested. And then I thought kids wouldn't be interested and parents buying games for their kids wouldn't be interested. So I was like, who yeah, that was is my this question. for? Well, it, for? it doesn't yeah. seem this is for fun. nobody. If you're play, racking up experiences, that's funny, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's an engaging game then. Well, like, no, here's the thing with Monopoly though, is that all the different versions of Monopoly uh, function exactly like the original version. So it's just the same Monopoly with millennial jokes in it is what it sounds like. No, me. they said instead of investing right. in real estate, you get experiences, experiences. such as travel yeah, and no, vegan no. restaurants. Like, See, no, like if, there, if there's like, oh, you other... landed on my vegan restaurant. I have a hotel. On no, that's, that's exactly what it'll be. Same idea, but yeah. the, the values will be the same as the original because every like Simpsons Monopoly and every special edition, whatever it is, they all are uh, they play the same exact way. But the game was modified and it doesn't have as many spaces even as the original. So oh, it does. So the the gameplay is messed up. A little bit, oh. at least. So I don't know how much messed up I'm it is. I'm still trying to figure out though what like they're mad about because if it was like if there was like a <laughs> monopoly, but like for gentrification, that would be hilarious. But I could see why people would be like, "Oh my god, this is That's like totally do. <laughs> this is totally offensive." Like, go two spaces, and now you go to the Whole Foods that used to be a project. So like that would be <laughs> that would be hilarious. But that I would be like, okay, I get why it's offensive or why people would be offended. But I'm still like. I don't know if this is even like, I mean, most of this is, uh, most of what you guys talk about is, uh, you know, outrage that's always ridiculous. But I'm, uh, and then I guess debate if it's whether or not, but I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah. Like he said, I don't even know if people were really well, outraged James by Bolton, this. Well, James a 28-year-old millennial, told Facebook, uh, he told CNN the game is an insult and it's never good to kick someone while they're down. Another person was like, the rules are simple. You start with no money. You can't afford anything. The board's on fire for some reason. Everything's your fault. That was another millennial. That's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. You can tell she's like, this is not... Yeah, It's just kind of making fun of millennials when they don't deserve to be made fun of because the higher generations kind of fucked up the world for them. Mm -hmm. Is that how you guys feel? I I did one of Yes, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be offended by the board game, but do I feel the older generation fuck things up? Yeah. Mm, well, that, and they don't have any like uh, sense of what it's like to go out in the world now, because like there's this series of memes where it's like the baby boomer meme guy. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like uh, the top line is like a baby boomer like lecturing us about how like just go out and do this, and the bottom line explains why you can't. Like one of yeah. the examples is like you know work the summers and go to college, but it's like back when he was in college, it was only a thousand dollars a year or something right, like right, that. Right. So there's a lot of like things that are different now that I think a lot of the older generation just doesn't understand that you can't just go out and do shit the way you used to. And I'm not offended um, as a millennial. I don't think that that's the right word. But I yeah. do agree with the fact, uh, if I were to go back to the the idea of like, where did you screw up, Hasbro? Where did you, you know, where, how did you miss the mark? This game, I think, was a good idea if it came out about 10 years ago. Because <laughs> I think that the idea of a millennial at the time was funny, and even funny to millennials. Millennials got the joke. Because they were between like 16 and 25 or something like that. And so they're just like, haha, yeah, fucking my iPhone rocks. Uh, I love my coffee, my latte. Um, a lot of my, my parents are helping us. I am living with my dad and my mom. And that's my life. And it's funny. Ha ha ha. Okay. But now your oldest millennial is 35 and nothing's changed for them. Life has gotten real, and it's like, yeah, that joke that like, haha, I laughed at myself. I like my Starbucks coffee, and you know, I'm, you know, we're in a um, gig market economy. 
It's not funny anymore. <laughs> it's been 10 years since I yeah, was 25. It's like I'm 34 and, and nothing has changed for me. Wages are still stagnant. You know, to get some Bernie Sanders shit. It's like, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen record highs in the stock market and yet that has not translated into more money uh, for people who are just starting off on their careers. And we still see the top 1% getting the most of that wealth. So I really think this game's funny 10 years ago. And I really think that people would have been really hot on it because it's just a funny gag. And now millennials are mostly adult adults and they're like, ha, ha, ha. we're still doing this. And that's not funny your, anymore. It's still yeah, point. I, I people who that's my biggest of, issue with it. Well, I think yeah. to your point, people who make fun of millennials are, 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 I think they're being more serious about it too. And it's an so, old joke. It's stupid. The, it's a, it's the, a hack the joke is the joke is so hack. Yeah, yeah. but I they think may have been fresh serious. ten years ago. They mean it Maybe. kind of more as an insult. Yeah, and I think so. It's right to take it more as an insult. I, see. I think it's being meant more as an insult too. Mm-hmm. Like, are you guys don't have any attention and you know <laughs> do all this stuff? As far as the outrage goes in this one, I'm gonna go legit outrage uh, based on the fact that this had to like go through a bunch of people in some exec office somewhere, and every single person was like, "Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Let's do a neon-colored fucking millennial monopoly." I-, I think this thing is gonna be a fucking absolute uh, whatever the um, board board game version of a box office bomb is gonna be. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be one Christmas. I feel like I, I kind of want to buy one of these just so in twenty years I can sell it on eBay because people are gonna <laughs> be like, "Remember when they thought it was a good idea to make this?" That kind of stupid shit. That's kind of how I feel about it. So I'm voting legit outrage. Okay. Uh, before we vote, I, Hasbro commented on all the controversy, and they yeah. said, "Oh, great." I did like that they doubled down and they didn't back off. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they said we created Monopoly for millennials to provide fans with a lighthearted game that allows millennials to take a break from real life and laugh at the relatable experiences and labels that can sometimes be placed on them. Uh, with many of us being millennials ourselves, we understand the seemingly endless struggles and silly generalizations that young millennials can face. And we can't even. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're a lifestyle vlogger, emoji lover, or make your side hustle selling vegan candles. Monopoly for millennials is for you. Yeah, I don't like it. They kind of double down, (laughs) which I liked. You know, you're you're going to do it then. You know, here's here's another issue, and this is going to get a little weird in in, in the history of it, because I I thought about it in this context. Um, This game punches down which is not the intention of the game Monopoly. Monopoly, I believe, was such a successful game and continues to be such a successful game because of its inherent fuck you to the powers that be. And in 1890, the Sherman Antitrust Act passed. Uh, It was a hot-button issue, the fact that monopolies were such a big deal. And in 1904... Uh, Elizabeth Maggie came up with did what you was do called. Research for this? Of course, this, I did research for this podcast. Is this just on your? Is this, this is not. This is not readily available okay, information. Okay. But, no, I, but you know, I, I know exactly. I know exactly where you're going because it mm-hmm. was a game that was meant to kind of make fun of capitalism. Exactly, that and, and capitalism was was really taking a big swipe at the American people. It would be like in in the year 1906 coming out with a game called "You Work 14 Hours a Day, But You're an Alcoholic, So You Can't Pay Your Rent." And it'd be like, yeah, true, but you're ignoring the other half of this, which is that capitalism has is is run away, and we there are no child labor laws, and there's no you know eight hour workday, and we're all depressed, and we are we do drink ourselves to death. It's that level of like, are you completely ignoring 
the other side of this. So in 1904, uh, Elizabeth Maggie came up with something called the Landlord's Game, and it was just that. It was a it was sort of like a political cartoon turned board game of how ridiculous it is that that when you play, you know, everyone loses. <laughs> you know, only one person <laughs> possibly wins in this stupid thing, and then that kind of got converted and changed over the next two decades, and eventually in the 30s, it became the game that we're more familiar with now. Monopoly. The landlord's game became Monopoly. Became became Monopoly it was yeah. A huge hit in the 30s, I think, because mm-hmm. of the uh, people say it's because of the depression because people liked this fantasy idea of like making getting money yeah, getting yeah. Money. <laughs> yeah. and they like screwing over their neighbor too. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah being cut through like, doing like it. taking away their neighbors right there we go property, but how does this version like do any of that how does this speak to that you know you had a great idea but then you you turned the joke on the wrong person well maybe what they're trying to do is do the do a similar thing is because again if it was a big hit in the 30s because of that i guess they're trying to do the same joke now like oh you know how millennials are kind of fucked over well <laughs> let's do that kind of joke as a board game i, I think maybe i don't know it's it seems so awkward to me when i read yeah. this it, it was it's kind of cringeworthy it's like who thought this was a good idea which one of you because there's nobody below the age of 40 that thought this idea. There's no right. fucking way. What if there was something called like Trumpopoly or something to that effect, you know, and and <laughs> and, it, and it was speaking to some of the problems there that actually our generations... Is a, there is a Trump board game. There's a Trump board game? Yeah. Well, according to oh, Hasbro, they said we're millennials, are, many of us are millennials ourselves. Right. So it seems like they had a hand in it. I think But they, the joke's on us. I mean, the joke's on millennials, no? Yeah, it is on millennials. Yeah. That's, they, they said we're meant to be a lighthearted game that just allows us to kind of laugh at ourselves. Yeah. But right, uh, We do got to get to the next story. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to rule legit outrage. You're legit. I'll rule legit outrage. Yeah, for, for a lot of things that Phil and Rob said, it, it seems it's, it is punching down. It doesn't just seem awkward. like it just seems. I do think that the insults on millennials are, are seeming to be more serious now and yeah, right. are meant as insults, and I don't think that's deserved. So um, I'll go legit. Oh, do I, do we vote or? Yes, you must vote. Yes, we must vote. Yes. Um, I'm gonna say fake outrage, uh, because it's a board game and I don't give a shit. Okay. Am I supposed to predict what I think is going on, or am I supposed to say it's like, not a serious what, what, show. what is it? We need to know where the market's outrage. going on this uh, millennial monopoly. Game. Say, All right, this is where Jim Cramer comes in, and he's <laughs> like, I think this is how volatile the monopoly. Yeah, I still want to. I still lead towards fake outrage for the reasons you said. When you when I first got sent it and read it, I was like, yeah fake the more i was thinking about it i thought about all the, the dumb things about why you'd come out with a game like this but i'm still gonna i'm still gonna say yeah fake. i mean it's kind of fake all I'm, right. not, I'm not so legitimately concerned about a this. rare two to two decision here <laughs> i just do want to also say rob is the probably most prepared if not in the top two or three most prepared guests we've had <laughs> that was of all an, time that was incredible with the with the, with the, <laughs> the sherman antitrust, antitrust act, act 1890 yeah. 1990 and 1904 yeah. the <laughs> landlord game yeah yeah the landlord's we've game we've had people show up with like notes and shit before but he actually had like historical yeah, facts Rob has no notes yeah. <laughs> I, it must be said he just yeah. that, this is just in his head that's how prepared yeah, he is yeah this is pretty damn so anyway so we're gonna move on from Monopoly we're gonna go down under guys for this next story this story comes to us from Australia where there was some outrage that spread on Facebook because the page called Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander History, which is like a sort of like one of those white guilt activist pages from what I could tell from it. One of those like whole things about like, you know how there's there's pages on Facebook where people like to share like America's racist throughout its history because of blank. Well, this is a whole page that does the same thing in Australia. Mm. It doesn't have much to do with the actual story, though. I just wanted to give a context of where the uh, thing was coming from. 
And someone posted a picture on there that was taken in a grocery store in an unknown location somewhere deep in the outback where there was a pack of steaks and sausages that cost $54 in Australian money. And this post got over 1,300 shares, which means it's a news story, (laughs) I guess. Uh, People are mad. That's a legit number, 1,300 shares. And this is not New York. Like This is in a lesser population density. Yes. The Outback is sparsely populated, which does play into this story. I, and this is kind of one of those ones that's a bit of lazy journalism. I know that you hate that on this show, Sandeep, because a lot of this article was just screenshots of people's Facebook comments. That's <laughs> so many articles, though. Yeah. Isn't it that's so, so many? That's mm. literally so... That's the problem with all of the fucking outrage though not to get on my fucking pistol but that's the pro- like so many it's like oh there's outrage and when you go to the article it's not people protesting outside of like viacom anymore like they did like if they got mad about eminem or they got mad about the dixie chicks and people actually had to go outside and like burn right. cds it's just like here's what one person said on twitter and that is the article i like how you made a dixie chicks outrage reference <laughs> that <laughs> is that's an old school outrage i know that, that is one of the most very like forgotten classic Classic outrage stories. That was like because uh, they, uh, it's George crazy because they were country music artists and uh, right. they were like, "Hey, Bushes, uh, Bush can suck her dicks or whatever." I don't think that's exactly what they said. I'm but sure um, that's uh, what a lot of people said. I, I know for a fact that exact quote. <laughs> <laughs> they said they were ashamed of Bush, and people like went outside and they, they like literally had like a steamroller over Dixie Chicks albums. We're burning Dixie Chicks shirts and we're calling in the radio. Like they they wow. act. Even if their outrage was ridiculous, they actually did something. You know, <laughs> they actually put in the effort rather. So than So we were just, saying to not play Dixie Chicks on the radio anymore. That's exactly what I'm saying. President. So it's like a, it's like a, it's like a reverse Roseanne situation, in some ways. Bush was a great president, and I think we should stand. By you know, what we got to do. No, by okay. the way, Sonny, we we should do a classic outrage series once in a while. Classic outrage. We take like cool. like yeah, shit that we were mad about like 15 years ago Rewind. and break it down by contemporary standards. Outrage classic. That'd be fucking great. Anyway, so back OG to the outrage. Back to this story here. So all the Facebook comments, let me just summarize them all for you. There were two sides of this argument. One of them was saying like, $54 for me? Are you fucking crazy? And the other side was saying, you're going to have to deal with it because this picture was taken in an extremely rural uh, outback grocery store where the transportation costs were such that it was necessary to charge this much money for these steaks. So we're we're I guess this is like a logistical outrage. Right. Story. Well, it's not only that, it's a it's like a package outrage. Like you're getting there's mm-hmm. like there is I count what looks like 10 pieces of meat in the mm-hmm. package. And six of them are steaks. Six of them were steaks. If you sold one steak for $10, I don't think people are getting but now you sell six for $54 and throw in six sausages and everyone's pissed off, but you're just getting more don't, like Don't don't act like the sausages add value. To that, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you know, He's I saw steaks, wrong. but how many sauce? Like, oh, and sausage. I don't know how much. How much is sausage? Cost? They threw it for. They had six steaks and threw it for sausages. It looked like it's either like, a chorizo or a kibasa, which none of those are expensive meats at all. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the the thing here is what this is. I, I want to look instead of at the content of the story at the process of how this made it to our show. I want to look at somebody in Australia take a picture. Mm-hmm. Put it on a Facebook group, and then a random periodical that's like a borderline tabloid in the UK picked this up, and then we're doing it on the show. This is one of these stories that would only exist 
on this show in now. Because 20 years ago, you and I would have never heard about this. But I, I wonder how, yeah, that's a good point. like, we often diss Facebook outrage and yeah. stories like this. I know I do. Um, yeah, I'm about to. At, at the at the same time, we had, like, retarded, or sorry, ridiculous. Um, <gasps> well, we'll, we'll I am triggered right now, Sandy. Uh, I, I had dyslexia as a child. Oh. Shouldn't have brought the millennial on the show. You're stepping on me. I, was about, I can't breathe. Help me. Uh, all right. Uh, sorry, they had ridiculous like Twitter stories and Facebook stories, and then it changed the whole election, right? Like, but if we looked at any of those stories and people would be posting about them, we'd be like, oh, this is like a stupid Facebook story, and then suddenly it makes like real differences. So I don't know mm. how unserious to take it or serious to take it. And now Facebook's and all this shit because like they're they were allowing people to like hack them and spread news, but it would have mm. been like stupid stories and that people were reacting to. So I don't I don't know how unseriously or seriously take it. So maybe you have to rethink like maybe when thirteen hundred people do that is like the state of mind of a country. Yeah. Well, one thing I would say in the question I want to ask about this is how much is too much on a price point of these this pack of meat to where it is fucking ridiculous? Because fifty four dollars for somebody who's like uh, living out in a rural part of anywhere, regardless of what part of the world you're in, that could potentially be a lot of money. I mean, I go home and whenever I go out and you know me and my dad get some good steaks, we end up spending a good thirty five bucks or so. 40 bucks for some good ass steaks. But, and so, you know, that's only two steaks. They're like six steaks in this thing. Yeah, like, we'll but sausage, weight, Rob. Like, yeah. Four <laughs> of sausage. And sausage and hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but it is locally sourced. And I, I guess when you're in the outback, which is like a desert ish environment, there's not as much cattle being raised out there. So that you have to pay for the transportation cost. Whereas, you know, out in parts of rural America, we'll you don't have to pay for much. It says 1.79 kilograms. So, how many pounds is that? Well, two point um, two pounds per kilogram. Right, so it's quite a about fucking four bit. Pounds. Yeah, it's t- four pounds of meat. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of it is steak. sixteen ounces per pound. Okay, so you know we're down to like that. You go to a, 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 a even an outback steakhouse, and you get yeah. that much. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> even huh? I see what you did there. That there much steak. Uh, uh, it's still going to cost yeah, you quite a pretty penny. It's like penny, 13, right? 14 bucks a pound. I would say. I don't yeah. think that's the worst price to be thirteen bucks a pound. Yeah, so we're getting like oh. you're still getting like sixty four plus ounces of. But some of, of meat. some of that poundage is sausage, which is yeah, is, is inferior. Too. So so the sausage <laughs> kind of yeah, that waters it down. All right, I'm gonna go you fake outrage in this one asshole. because saying a sausage is inferior. How dare you? Huh? Oh, no, he said so. This was Rob's interior. take on it. Oh, you guys, I'm I go, I'm trying. I'm trying to get all the information out. I haven't made I haven't made a, a, a judgment call yet. I'm just wanted to point out how how much meat there technically was in there. Uh, so at least maybe two pounds of this is, is steak, and two pounds maybe is sausage. Okay, now that gets pretty expensive for the yeah. steak then. Exactly. I'm still going fake outrage because here's the thing. Uh, grocery stores, they have to buy the product and then sell the product. This is the price point they chose to get it off the shelf because they want to yeah. sell it. They don't want to put it at an absurd price to where nobody's going to buy it. You know what I mean? Well, I just, I don't, I, this this short sort of outrage is always fake outrage to me because if yeah. you don't want something, don't buy it. You can, I'll try to sell you some, I'll sell you a hot dog for a million dollars. You'd be like, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah. And then that's it. That's, that should be the whole thing. The price point here wasn't to insult anybody. It was to sell this. So yeah, I got to go fake out. When people are just like, this is the price. And then they get upset that someone's telling, it's like, no one's forcing you to buy it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the, the 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 wording, you know, I, again, if I'm just judging who it is that's being outraged, one person said, disgusting, who allows this to happen? 
Um, other comments, thieving mongrels, they'll never change. <laughs> they'll never. All right, and who Mongrel. are we talking about? Are we talking about the, the small supermarket? You know, or are we talking about the cattle farmer <laughs> or the truck driver that brought it from the farm to the supermarket? I'm not sure who's the thieving mongrels. Yeah, it's very uh, easy behind to this. blame the system. And whenever yeah. you ask people to go just one step or two steps right. beyond, it just backs, it just breaks down. It's right. Like, and, and, and for this, it breaks down much faster than I would, the, even the Monopoly thing, I was even more like, yeah, all right. Like you start thinking about it more, the more I started to go, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. But with this, it's the opposite. I'm I like, am it a, makes no sense. I blame Jeff Bezos. This one, it sounds like we're going fake outrage in this one. The Prime would deliver those steaks to your house for like 39 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sandy makes a good point. <laughs> Tomorrow. You know, it, it's, it, it's in the the uh, supermarket's best interest to come up with a, a price point that makes sense for its customers. They don't exactly. want the thing to sit on the shelves forever. I, you know what? I like going to supermarkets because shit usually is... They don't have that many in New York City. So when I go home and I go visit them, I'm like, oh my God, everything is so cheap here. This is what? amazing. And everything is so huge. Yeah. It's like these big Where, aisles. And you're like, oh. uh, have you guys traveled to a place that has you know imported goods? Like like you go to even Hawaii or uh, I was in New Zealand and to get a bottle of Coke, it was like three fifty for a bottle of Coke. And you just are like, well, it's a bottle of Coke. We have... We're, Everything's being shipped here. Shipping costs are insane. You know, right. you, if you just learn that fast, that's the fact that someone didn't see this or know this. It's probably an out of towner, right? Someone passing through. Could you imagine? Well, well, how would a local all of a sudden? But it got a lot of traction yeah. in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 someone who's lived there their whole lives all of a sudden was like, what? What? <laughs> you know? Well, apparently, it got so much traction that years before this story got uh, this outrage took place, mm-hmm. the the government in Australia had they, there's like programs now to like get uh better highways in that part of their country because i guess huh. australia is kind of like america in that everything's on the east coast there's like one or two cities in the west coast there's a bunch of and then this is a bunch of fucking <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah, yeah and so they want to improve the highways to get meat out there quicker and cheaper so this is uh th- this is kind of a legit issue but i think the specific outrage here it's just like a small part of it, so it's still fake outrage. So now let, let's get to the uh, fun part of the show. We have two guests today, yes. so we get to ask Double two fun. people. Who do, who do you want to? Do you know, let's start with Brian. Brian, is there anything you're currently outraged about? No, no I mean, well, I, I'm outraged. Of, I, I don't know, dude. Like, I good answer. Okay, Rob, is there anything you're currently <laughs> upset about? I forgot the that that was part of the show uh, that I was supposed to be. <laughs> Currently upset about something. Oh, well, you repeating the entire history. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. There, There's something new <laughs> um, of the post Civil War America. Wait, Brian, you got something? Through. I have no, something there, that there, I used there's to be some, There's okay. something new every day to be upset about. Like if you read the news and you get new, even not even every day, every hour, you get updates <laughs> constantly from CNN. Like Trump said, Koreans have a bunch of small dicks. Now we're gonna go to war. Like it's like <laughs> you have something. You have something crazy that happens in the news. So you're outraged about the news cycle. Yeah. I mean, it may, it's designed to make you mad constantly. It's designed to make you insane constantly. Yeah, it is. I need it to is. turn. I literally need to turn off my phone to get to get updates because I gotta focus on rent. I gotta focus on you know uh, taking care of myself. I gotta focus on like real life stuff. And like, I'm especially just, now like, that rent's going up because of Amazon. Yeah, well, that's another <laughs> thing. I mean, that's a whole thing that like. I, at first, I was very much against it, and like I got to like read into it because I'm gonna I'm a dumb person, so like I'm probably gonna say something incredibly dumb about it. But I do. I mean, I I don't know. I feel like it is where we are gonna probably all be poor because of him, and we're all probably gonna be enslaved by him in 2020. He's gonna own us all. I'm much more afraid of Jeff Bezos than I am of Trump. He's a hundred billion dollars. 
he can literally just yeah. have us all killed and then no one will ever know our names ever. You know, he could just erase us from the face of the earth. That's a very uplifting. I'm yeah, pretty so heavily invested you, uh, in Amazon. You know, so I, well, do you want to go ahead? I've got, I've got well, an outrage thing. Oh, good. He's he's yeah. outraged about something because okay. Brian's yeah. just making uh, me depressed. It's weird because this recently re-outraged me, uh, but it is a throwback outrage. Um, Let's do it. Okay, so I was on the train uh, just the other day, and I overheard a group of people talking. To which I actually interrupted their conversation to correct them. This is how this is how upset it made me. As a comic, um, they very were Brooklyn of you. They were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should see the hat. Very problematic. Very problematic. So I love this the way the story is. Yeah. Started which already. train were you on? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I was coming in, so I was on the Q train, coming in from uh, Flatbush, okay. and uh, I overheard these uh, people talking. They were young, young guys and girls, and they were talking about the song "What Does the Fox Say." If you recall the song, yes. Yildiz, so give us a little out in uh, Norway. They're a they're a talk show group, and they have hit like parody ish kind of singles. They also did a fantastic dubstep song. If you're familiar, right? With their, and, and yeah, it's a group called Yildiz, spelled with a Y. They're great. They're a great group. Yeah. And and um, you know, you're sort of like like jumping ahead to my point here because they mm. were joking and laughing about how did that song get so popular? And they're like, oh my god, like who would come up with such a stupid song like that? It was such a dumb song, and it got successful. And that really was the. Uh, the way the news sort of consumed that. It was like this, oh, you know, they're like, these two guys tried to write the dumbest song ever, and then it turned out to be this thing. <laughs> and they could, and they're like, they were perplexed because a year before, uh, the biggest song uh, that had hit YouTube in the entire world uh, was Gangnam Style. And that was just uh, a little bit of like, you know, kitschiness, but then also us just being like unfamiliar with how Korean uh, pop stars are, and then it's just us being like, "Oh, you're stupid." Like, Gangnam Style was explained to me by some by an Asian person one time, um, and apparently, like that song was making fun of like the what the right Seoul South Korean version of like the party Guido douchebags would be in that right. part of the world, right? Yeah. and and so similarly, it would like a uh, less outrage about that for me, but it was still similarly angry. I'm like, we're laughing at, it's still just us laughing at Koreans. Like, it was still just a racist, like, ha Koreans are stupid, right? Yeah. But, you know. It was a catchy song, though. It was Come catchy, on. too, it and people catchy. liked it, but they were still laughing because it was yeah. silly. And then the same thing happened with this comedy group, as if two idiots just were, like, doing a thing and it happened to catch on. I said, no, 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 they're very talented, smart comics who knew how to write a funny song because they were playing on, you know, a sort of, like, dance party rave genre. Uh, genre and then they were just making it nonsensical or or you know somewhat because that was like well might as well just be about what you know foxes because what what difference does it make who cares it pissed me off even further so i actually stopped them i said hey it wasn't just like two people making a dumb song that caught on and they're not stupid they were purposely trying to make a funny song there was a comedy song written by uh, professional comedians and they have a talk show in norway as you mentioned mm -hmm. they're very successful over there they have many songs that are also very funny and these kids were just completely they're like really i didn't know i was like you can look them up online there's there's a bunch of different songs that are equally ironic or silly or fun and making fun of different genres of music when they were on uh, Jimmy Fallon, for example, they just performed the song, but then never got interviewed after. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, they, so no one they in became knows. the joke. On SNL, this was the this really, I swear to God, 
I mean, like if you were friends with me at the time, <laughs> you'd been like, Rob, why the fuck do you care so much? I was yeah, furious. Yeah, that's my next question. Like you take this Yelvis thing very seriously. I take it re- because I loved the song so much. <laughs> I was like, when I first saw that, that video, I was like, jaw dropped. Like, this is such a funny comedy song. And then as the news ate it up, it was like on like the, you know, the Today Show or just or like Hoda Kabi and fucking whatever. Just being like, oh, these two guys wrote a dumb song and now the internet loves it. I was like, no, people more talented than you came up with a brilliant <laughs> comedy song and they're better than you. They're better than you. What were you upset about with Saturday Night with Live? With Saturday Night Live, they, uh, uh, Jay Farrow and uh, did, uh, there was a sketch and all it was was a parody of that song. And that's when I lost my shit. I said, you don't, you rate a parody of that brilliant comedy song? I mean, it's akin to just taking a Weird Al original, not a Weird Al parody, but a Weird Al original, and deciding to do a parody of it because you think what you're going to come up with is better. Do you have I strong like, opinions on Weird Al, too? Oh, yes. <laughs> Very much so. We have a whole episode for that. I love that Weird Al. And anyone, you know. But I would say that my, uh, it, I was like, they, they should have been hosting. They should have been hosting SNL. They should have had a week together because they are comedy equals with these guys. But instead, SNL treated it like it was just some random pop culture thing and we're going to make fun of it. And I was like, no, these, these guys are great. They didn't, they didn't get the interviews that they should have been getting. They should have been hosts of SNL as opposed to just being like, you know, funny and made fun of and get like one, one little week of press and then gone. Anyway, wait. Did they were they a musical guest? No, 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 oh, no. They, they, they just, SNL just decided to write a a parody song about uh, from this comedy song, and I was really losing my mind. I was like, "This is they're just they were just very misrep." Under, I have a whole assignment tonight to learn about this. These I'm people. sorry. Oh, oh, it was yeah, old, as soon as we're done recent. recording, no, uh, I, I, don't, yeah. not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of music. That's right. a really good. Uh, well, they're not really musicians. I mean, they are, but they're like they're they're talk show hosts in yeah. Norway. I think in Norway, but they do variety oh, yeah. shows too. I mean, they're they're like Martin and Lewis type stuff. I mean, they they were singing, dancing. They have they have a live show they did toured with. They're just really talented guys. Yeah, I I met them one time, and yeah. uh, you know. Of course, because they're from Norway. That guy has like the hottest girl for never. But anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> that, that's a good place, and people. I like that. Yovis not getting enough people. credit. That's my. You know, I actually did uh, just. Uh, he when he mentioned SNL. <laughs> that's how bad my listening skills are. I was like SNL. Yeah, <laughs> 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 terrible ADD. God damn it. Um, one thing that like I actually this is probably something we could talk about is so Pete Davidson's uh, thing that happened. Yeah, um, with the guy. Uh, so basically, for those of you who don't know, listening at home, uh, there is a, Pete Davidson went on SNL Weekend Update. He was making fun of all these different politicians. Uh, there's a, this Republican dude that wears an eye patch. The reason why he wears an eye patch was he was uh, serving in Afghanistan. He was defusing a bomb. The bomb went off in his eye, and he lost his eye. And that's mm-hmm. why he wore an eye patch. Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dan Crenshaw. And uh, Pete Davidson basically said that he looked like a hitman in a porno movie, which I, I've watched I've, I've watched a good amount of porn, okay? As you know, as an average. I've never seen a hitman in a porn, <laughs> first of all. So I'm like, well, that's a dumb joke to begin right. with. That's what I'm outraged about. Maybe that's you start watching porn. the right genre of porn. Maybe not. Maybe not. There's probably a but, whole hitman has to be a genre of porn. <laughs> but like yeah. that shows up, he's supposed to kill the girl, but he's like, oh, she's hot. <laughs> I it was funny because it, it combined two well, the joke itself. I mean, I, I thought it was in poor taste, but I thought it was funny because it really? combined two things that you wouldn't taste. see. And now, it, it kind of like put those two desperate ideas in your head. And that's why it was kind of... But, but, but like, I okay, so... And I didn't even think 
Okay, so yeah, it was in poor taste. Which actually, I ha I do have to give this guy credit too. Yeah. Um, because he was also saying like, I don't really care if they make a joke about me. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the joke, but I'm not going to demand an apology. I'm going to get along with my wife. Like he had that, like yeah. I'm not a Republican or a conservative, but he had like the perfect response to that. So then of course, here's what pissed me off is that they invite him back on. Mm -hmm. And what they should have just done is they should have just, did, they had a good segment where he, Dan Crenshaw, just made fun of Pete Davidson and how yeah. Pete Davidson looked. They did and, that's what they should, and that's what they should have done. But then Pete Davidson was also like, oh, I'm sorry and apologize for a joke. No, you were making a joke. Don't apologize for it. But it, then in all fairness, it's cool to have this guy come on. So I was more mad that he apologized for the joke. I think it would have been cooler if they just had him on and him just shitting on Pete Davidson. And then they're like, okay, fair is fair. We should. So Brian Rabbit, I was upset at apologies. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. That's a good place to uh, to end the show. I think today um, you can apologize to us or uh, you know give us the credit we deserve because uh, like Yilvis, we don't get enough credit for this show. That's true. Email us at thefakeoutrageport at gmail.com. Follow us at fakeoutragerept. Give us a killer review on uh, iTunes if you have thirty seconds of your life for us. You can follow Brian Rabbit online at. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at brabsjokes91. That's R-A-B-S, jokes91. Uh, and you can also follow me at uh, brabs4 on Twitter. Uh, God damn it. Saying that out loud, I got to yeah, update sounds my... Yeah, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. I'm going to really update. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you, guys, for that vote of confidence right there. Like, woof. Yeah, woof. And you can follow Rob Ryan online at... At Rob Ryan Rocks. For everything. Oh, that, See, that, that, makes that sense. much better. Streamlined. Yeah. I mean, that gets way my better. full name. <laughs> and rocks. Rocks. R-O-C-K-S. People ask me X. I'm like, why would I do X? I got an album coming out called uh, Rob Ryan Non-Alcoholic uh, early next year as well. <laughs> All right. So definitely check that out. And before we go, as always, Sandeep Sen, any parting thoughts? What are you still doing there, audience? Get to Westside Comedy Club right now. Yeah. Thank you. Be you. there. Get Thank you. The be there. Thank you. Be there.